From the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Hi, I'm Robert Seidman, and joining me for this episode is Michael David Smith. He is the managing editor for Pro Football Talk and uh, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me. So uh, you're in Minneapolis right now? I am. I'm in uh, technically Bloomington, Minnesota, which is where uh, most of the media are holed up in the media hotels uh, not far from the Mall of America, which is where Radio Row and all that stuff is. It's an interesting setup in Minnesota this year. The media center is all at the Mall of America. The stadium is in downtown Minneapolis, and we're kind of all over the place in the Twin Cities area. That's nice. And uh, uh, for for the listeners, this is the first ever all pre-dawn version of the world's fastest growing sports media podcast. It is as we're taping this, I think 3.45 in Bloomington and uh, 4.45 a.m. in El Paso, Texas. And, uh, and uh, I think I've taped a couple of podcasts maybe at 6 a.m., but the other person was at uh, 8 a.m. Uh, so this, this is, the, this is the, uh, the, the no-light version of the podcast. And it's still very interesting to me. So I, I'm curious. I think you're probably on Twitter less this week than you normally would be as a result of, uh, of being in Minnesota. But... Uh, uh, a lot of what I've seen on Twitter and uh, and other places suggest the the there is uh, more sentiment than usual this year that there's no Super Bowl buzz. But uh, from your perspective, there in there in the thick of things, what are you thinking? Yeah, I am doing uh, more actual working and less tweeting this week than I'm accustomed <laughs> to. Uh, so I, I might not have seen every everything that is making buzz on Twitter, but I would, I would agree with that. There has not been the story that you sense everyone is talking about. You know, there are years when on radio row, there is one big piece of Super Bowl news that everyone is, is focusing on. And there's not that sense this year. I think at the moment, the biggest NFL story is uh, about the decision to trade Alex Smith from Kansas City to Washington. So it's two teams that are not in the Super Bowl that are being talked about the most, uh, talked about more than the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. Um, We're we're recording this a few hours before Roger Goodell's press conference. Maybe news will come out of that, but he usually tries to phrase his answers so that big news does not come out of them. So there, there is not a lot of, big news breaking here in Minnesota. Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for people who aren't familiar with you and your, and your background, uh, including somewhat myself, um, what was your path to winding up uh, being the managing editor for Pro Football Talk? Well, it, it really started as a hobby. I mean, I was working at a, a regular office job and doing um, freelance work. I mean, b- before it was even freelance work, I was doing free stuff just for for fun posting my own thoughts on the web and you know being excited if 20 of my friends were reading it right feeling like that was a good audience for my that sounds my like my football. that sounds like my podcast right now so i, I could <laughs> yeah we'll see how many listeners we get but maybe it'll break the 20 mark if we <laughs> if we tell our friends about it um you know i, I started writing for football outsiders.com which right. is 
still, I think, one of the best uh, stat-focused NFL websites. And uh, then started writing for various kind of random newspaper assignments and that kind of thing. There would be a, a newspaper sports editor who would ask me here and there if I could write a freelance piece for them. Um, the the site that allowed me to turn it from a hobby into a career was AOL's now defunct fan house where I was able to, to write often enough and they paid uh, per piece enough money that I was able to, to do it for a living. Um, and I was able to quit my office job for a while. I had kind of been balancing the, the office job with the freelance work. And right. then one day it kind of dawned on me that, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm making more from my freelance work than I am from the office job. Why am I still doing the office job? And, you know, uh, m- my wife had a job that had health insurance, so I was able to, to – I didn't need to be a full-time employee of a company for that reason. So right. uh, I went the full-time freelance route and touched base with Mike Florio and started kind of gradually um, doing more and more on pro football talk. Uh, I actually left pro football talk to go full-time with AOL briefly, and it was while I was – away from pro football talk um, that, that Mike Florio made his deal with NBC to, uh, to, to partner with them. And and that made pro football talk a much bigger site. And um, fortunately for me, it ended up that once AOL fan house went went kaput, uh, Mike, thanks to his uh, NBC partnership was able to get me hired by NBC. And now I'm a, I'm a full-time employee of NBC Sports, and Pro Football Talk is my only outlet after uh, a lot of years of writing for a lot of different places. I'm now happily just at Pro Football Talk as the managing editor of the site. Yeah, so the, and, uh, and Pro Football Talk, for, for, for regular listeners, that is in the, uh, I think that is in the Rick Cordella empire, and uh, Rick was the, the last guest on the podcast. And uh, Yeah, I listened to your podcast with Rick, and yeah, he's kind of the the big boss uh, of everything we do uh, at pro football talk. And uh, you know, we, we really like working with him. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. So, you know, I'm curious and, and uh, I hope you'll, you'll take it in the spirit that this, and this is intended, which is entirely uh, complimentary. Uh, This is a compliment. Um, You know, you're, you're really one of the most thoughtful and, and maybe precise thinkers I've run into on Twitter to the point where sometimes I disagree with you and I think, ah, you know, I disagree with Michael, but uh, I, I don't have the energy uh, to, to disagree with him about this because I don't have the uh, energy to be as, as precise and thoughtful about this argument as Michael will. And, uh, and I'm just so I'm just wondering, like, what's it like for you working working with uh, Mr. Florio? Um, because because he strikes me as, as more like me. He's not always as thoughtful and, and precise as you are about the world. So, so uh, I'm just wondering I, I how that know, works. I don't know how true that is, but you know, Mike and I have had a really good relationship. I mean, going back uh, really to when uh, pro football talk was just his hobby that he was doing, you know, he's a, he was a lawyer as his full-time job. He right. has now stopped practicing law, but uh, going back to the days when, when PFT was just a hobby for him and, uh, I was just kind of helping out on the side. Uh, Mike and I have just always gotten along really well. It's always worked really well for us. And, uh, you know, he, um, 
he he's really good with kind of just letting me do my thing. And, you know, um, you mentioned my, my thoughts on Twitter. One of the things I really appreciate about people like Mike Florio and Rick Cordella is I've never once heard anyone say, Oh, you shouldn't, you know, express those opinions on Twitter, or you said something on Twitter that disagrees with, with me personally, or with our company's stance or anything like that. So, you know, it's, I feel like it's a good, place of employment for me because I've never felt constrained um, in, in what I'm allowed to express, be it uh, in my writing on the site, on Twitter, when I'm on a podcast with you, what, whatever. I always feel like it, it's an atmosphere where we're kind of encouraged to, to say what we think and, and you know, the, just just go ahead and uh, express our opinions however we see fit. So So I really appreciate that. I think it it makes it a good job for me. Yeah. So, uh, just just to bound it for me, how, how long have you been managing editor at uh, at Pro Football Talk? Uh, it'll be five years in March uh, that I've been managing editor, and then it was about six years in all uh, before that. Worked for PFT in various other capacities. So, uh, what what are, just from like a, a you know a general I guess I'd rather say internet publishing than web publishing. Uh, just from from that general perspective, like what has changed the most over the past five years? Um, it, you know, it, I would say that PFT was a little ahead of the curve in in terms of we had I think a better idea of where we were heading than most people did. I mean, we a, a lot of the things that I see change about other sites where they're focusing more on uh, publishing things faster, publishing shorter, bite-sized content. I think that was, PFD kind of already was doing that. So we haven't changed as much it, from that perspective. I, I think what I've seen a lot of places change is certainly more of an emphasis on video certainly more of an emphasis on social media and especially trying to get traffic from Facebook. But, but one thing I've been happy about with PFT is Facebook has been a pretty small part of what we do relative to just about any other site. So uh, it's been kind of good for us that, you know, Facebook announces a change about the way they're going to order your newsfeed and other publishers are freaking out into us it's like, well, that doesn't really affect us much because we've never been that dependent on Facebook as, as our traffic stream. Um, but, but, you know, the, the focus on video, I think has been an important one, but, but fortunately for us, um, the emphasis on video has corresponded with Mike Florio having his show on NBCSN, um, which on which he interviews a lot of the newsmakers in the NFL world. And right. so, it's kind of a natural fit for us that we have videos where, you know, we in, in, in as we're talking about this, and as we mentioned before, the biggest news uh, is the, the quarterback situation in Kansas city and Washington. Well, in the last 24 hours, Mike has interviewed both Alex Smith and Kirk cousins. Right. So it's very natural that we're posting those videos on our site and posting what they had to say just before uh, that trade news broke. So th- there have been, changes that I've seen in the internet publishing world, but I would say they haven't affected PFT as much as they've affected 
probably a lot of other outlets. Right. So are you are you involved with the uh, the Pro Football Talk Live? You know, not to a, a great extent. I mean, I'm I'm on it when I'm a guest from time to time. I talk to Mike Florio about the direction it's going in, but I I don't have a very big involvement in it. Yeah, got it. So uh so from from your perspective this this week at the in in Minneapolis, what are what are you most interested in doing? Like if it, and I, I'm not talking about from a tourist point of view. I'm talking about from a, a cover, covering the Super Bowl point of view. Well, I, I always find that the most valuable event is the the commissioner's press conference. I mean, I think it, although Roger Goodell, I think, tries to uh, avoid making too much news at those press conferences, I, I find it valuable to try to nail him down on uh, certain subjects. Um, last year, I, I asked him a question that I thought uh, he, he was a little unprepared for, which I was glad about which was about credentialing um, at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you recall, but last year Barstool Sports was not credentialed, and they were basically the only media outlet anywhere that the NFL refused to credential, and that was the question that I asked Roger Goodell about at his press conference. And I, I find that to be a pretty interesting topic because while there are valid reasons to criticize Barstool Sports, yep. I don't think those were the reasons that the NFL didn't uh, credential Barstool. I thought that, that it, the NFL criticizes all kinds of outlets that you can uh, offer valid criticisms of. And, and I thought that uh, for the NFL to kind of set a precedent that we're not going to be credentialing this one outlet uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me. And so I thought it was useful to, to ask Roger Goodell about that. And I think that that, that to me is always the, the most interesting event for reporters to be at is what what Roger Goodell is saying and can we get him to say anything that he doesn't have a prepared answer for yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna have to maybe circle back with you and uh, and get like five minutes of your thoughts on what he actually said uh you know to to, to tack on to the end of this podcast we'll, we'll see if we can work okay. that out so um so you know, uh, one one of the big things in in, in my world that uh, that is going on that is uh, of uh, you know a captivating thing is uh, what's going on with the Thursday night football rights, and uh, it appears what what's going on, and I don't know if anything's broken while we're while we're taping, but uh, it, it appears it's the th- Thursday night's going to be an all Fox and Fox broadcast and NFL Network thing, and that uh, neither NBC or or CBS will be participating in Thursday Night Football next year, and um, that really surprised me that uh, that they that they went from from uh, two partners to one partner. Uh, if if that is in fact true, I'm just wondering what what uh, you know. Not anything as far as NBC, but just what your thoughts in general are on what the NFL is doing with Thursday Night Football. It does look like it's going to be probably 11 games uh, on Fox, in addition to the five or six that are typically only on NFL network. Uh, and that'll be a change from the split CBS here. And it sounds to me like it was just a matter of money yep. networks that were bidding. It sounds like Fox offered more money and that's what the NFL went with. And that may be a departure for the NFL. I, when CBS first got the Thursday night deal, there was a lot of talk that, it wasn't just about money. It was also about CBS was saying, we're going to make Thursday night football big. CBS 
was the network that was most uh, enthusiastic about having its number one broadcast team do Thursday nights at that time. It yep. was uh, Phil Sims with Jim Nance. Yep. Um, CBS was the network that was already number one on Thursday nights, thanks in large part to the Big Bang Theory. Yep. And CBS said, hey, we'll, we'll move our Thursday night schedule around, start Big Bang Theory later in the, the fall TV season, if that's what we need to do to get going with Thursday night football. So at the time, I think that was what the NFL really liked about its partnership with CBS. And I, I think it has changed now. I think the landscape has changed a little bit. And now the NFL is saying, hey, if Fox is offering us the most money, we're going with Fox uh, because we're, we're not really looking to, to give anybody a discount right now. I think that as ratings are declining, Advertising revenue, I think, according to a, a recent Wall Street Journal article, declined by about one percent. Yeah. Which you know isn't one percent isn't a lot, but it's it's certainly not uh, an increase in revenue, which <laughs> yep. is what we had been accustomed to. Yep. Uh, in the past, from from the NFL broadcast partners, so I think the NFL just decided Fox offered us the most money. Let's go with Fox. That isn't official yet. It hasn't been announced by either Fox or the NFL, but. Uh, there's some good reporting out there that it's uh, just about done that, that Fox and the NFL will be doing Thursday nights and it'll be the first time for Fox to have Thursday night football. Yeah. So again, I am, uh, I'm kind of blown. I'm not so much blown away that it's Fox instead of CBS or Fox instead of NBC, but I, I but I am kind of blown away that it's just Fox. Yeah, that, that was an interesting decision uh, that, the the impression that I had in the past from the NFL was that they liked the idea of having multiple partners with Thursday night football because they want Thursday night football to be a big thing. And the more different networks that are talking up Thursday night football and running commercials for Thursday night football, the bigger it'll be. So, so it is an interesting change that they're going just to Fox instead of, you know, if Fox wanted in, saying to Fox, well, you guys get six games and we'll give either CBS or NBC five games. Um, to go just with Fox suggests to me that Fox was offering maybe quite a bit more money than NBC or CBS were. Maybe not right. just a, a little bit more, but maybe a lot more. And the NFL just decided, I haven't seen the, what the specific numbers are, but maybe the NFL just decided it would be silly of us to, to turn down extra revenue um, from these games just because we want to be on more than one network. Yep. That, that uh, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense to me if, if, uh, if, you know, if money, if money was the thing, uh, one, one of the reasons that, that I'm surprised by it though, particularly, you know, C CBS was, was on the record um, basically complaining that, uh, that the, that the, the availability of the, of the Thursday night games were, were sort of uh, hurting you, you know, what would have otherwise been, you know, regional Sunday windows where those where those games would have gone. And um, and, and, and so CBS felt like even though it had the Thursday ratings, those Thursday games were actually hurting their Sunday ratings. Um, but, you know, from my perspective, it was, was like, well, OK, but, you know, at least you have the Thursday games. Uh, so, so you, you know, you're, you're getting some benefit from that. But now now not even that is true. So I, I guess, you know, for CBS has, has changed to think it's just not worth the money to uh, to bid on those games. And to be clear, 
Um, NBC is still going to get the, the, the Thursday kickoff game, which is part of the Sunday night football package. And I'm pretty sure it's still going to get uh, a Thanksgiving game, as will, as will CBS and Fox. Um, so there will be some Thursday NBC uh, telecasts that, that aren't under the Thursday night football umbrella. But uh, but but, you know, those 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 five games, you know, five or six game, you know, the, the 10 or 11 game package that was being uh, split with CBS, th- those games all go to Fox. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm still blown away by it, even even as I'm, I'm trying to talk it out loud. It's 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 still not a change that I saw coming. Yeah. And we should clarify that, that you know, what we talk about as the Thursday night football package is not all Thursday night games, as you said, it's not the kickoff game on NBC. It's not the Thanksgiving night game on NBC. I haven't looked at the calendar yet, but d- depending on kind of how the week 16 yeah, falls, Saturday some games, years they, th- th- some years there's a Saturday game that is actually part of the Thursday package. Yep. Uh, but, but yes, I mean, it, it is a separate package of, uh, of like 11 games. And, and yeah, it's, it's uh, from all appearances, it is going to be on Fox this year. And that does represent, a pretty significant shift. You know, the NFL is still by far the biggest thing in American television broadcasting. So anytime uh, an NFL package shifts from one network, or in this case, from two networks to another, that certainly does uh, make a pretty significant change uh, in the American TV landscape. Yeah. So while I am very surprised sort of from the sports media landscape aspect I'm not. A, I'm not a, even a little bit surprised from a from a Fox broadcasting aspect because uh, of the big four uh, broadcast networks. Um, you know, Fox has struggled the most in recent years as far as both its scripted and, and unscripted content in prime time. And so, um, you know, this is this is a this is a huge. I think I think it's a huge boon for them both both in terms of boosting their ratings averages in in prime time in the fall, and maybe hopefully. You know, having having you know some additional way to promote the uh, the other stuff in their primetime lineup. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, look, Fox Fox just doesn't have anything other than sports now. And yep. and you know, when we you posted something on Twitter uh, about the conference championship games, uh, and I think you posted their their viewership back to 2006, and then I pointed out in January of 2006 there was an American idol episode that got more viewers yep. than the NFC championship game. The, the same month on the same network, Fox American idol got like 200,000 more viewers than the NFC championship game. That Well, now Fox doesn't have anything that yep. comes remotely close. You know, Fox isn't going to have anything that, that comes close to a regular season NFL game other than the world series. And, and so they're certainly not going to have anything that comes close to an NFC championship game. So Fox really has to be all in on sports, I think, because they just don't have the the other big things. They don't have the American idol bringing in huge audiences anymore. They they just don't have that kind of programming. So I think they're thinking, all right, this fall, we're going to be the NFL on Sundays. We're going to be the NFL on Thursdays. We're going to be the world series. And that's what we're going to be. Whatever else we have, we'll, we'll fit in uh, with, with our, the idea that our sports schedule is really the dominant part of our schedule. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's move back to the Super Bowl. So, so first, what are, what are your ratings predictions for the Super Bowl? And I'm going to, I'm going to weigh in. 
I'm going to go 107 million, which is which is down, I think, four or five million from uh, from last year's. The number I was going to throw out is 105 million. So even even lower, in, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you and I are in, in more or less the same ballpark. We both think uh, a decline from last year. I think that uh, it makes sense to think that all season long the NFL has declined in ratings, and there's nothing. There's nothing about this Super Bowl that I think necessarily reverses that. Um, and then I think also we have to remember that last year's game went into overtime, and, yep. and so there was no uh, drop in audience. The, the peak was at the very end of the game, and there's no guarantee this year that, it, that that'll happen. I mean, who, who knows? This year could go into overtime too, but, but I don't think uh, – I think we would certainly have to bet against that happening. So uh, Although uh... – I think. You know, past performance, et cetera. But uh, I, I believe that it has been the case that all of the Patriots Super Bowls have kind of gone down to the wire. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right about that. All seven of the Patriots Super Bowls in the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady area, yeah, have absolutely have gone down to the, the very final minute. I mean, li- literally every single one was still in doubt with a minute to go. So, yeah, that's. That has been a good thing for the NFL. I don't know. Uh, you could argue whether the, the Patriots dynasty has been good or bad for the NFL or whether it would be better to have more parity, but there's no argument that the, the seven individual Super Bowls the Patriots have played in have all been good games that have been exciting down to the final minute. And, and that has not been the case for Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, people who are old enough to remember the Super Bowls of the 1980s yeah. can remember that th- these games would just be routinely blowouts and by by the start of the fourth quarter people would be turning off the game or you know just turning away from the game at their Super Bowl parties and more recently the NFL has gotten a lot luckier with the Super Bowl being better games that people do want to watch until the end so that that I think will be that I think could be the the big question for NBC uh if it's is it going to be a hundred million or a hundred ten million that might have to do with, well, how close is the game in the fourth quarter? Yeah, so you, you, you brought up the question of whether the Patriots dynasty was, was good or bad for the NFL. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of always sit back with these things and I, I think, well, people, people either love dynasties or they love to hate the dynasty or they love to complain about the dynasty. But all that just still adds up to a, a lot of love for me. Uh, and I, I kind of see that love adding up to a net positive, even, even in the face of, uh, of people claiming that they're sick of it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you tend to be right. I mean, when you look at really at all the sports, when one really good team emerges, I think that does tend to be good for the sport. I mean, I think it has been generally speaking good for the NBA that the Warriors and the Cavaliers have been the elite teams the last few years. Um, I I think it was certainly good for the NBA years ago when the Bulls were the best team. And I don't know that the NBA will ever recapture that kind of an audience that it had in Michael Jordan's heyday. Um, But, but I think generally speaking, it is good for a sports league when, when a team is kind of recognized that the it's successful enough that kind of even casual fans recognize that, yes, this is a great team. This is a team. I know who their coach is. I know who 
their star player is. I think that tends to be good. So I, I would say on balance, it's probably been a good thing for the NFL. I think it was even a better thing for the NFL when it was a natural foil for Tom Brady's team, and that was Peyton Manning's team, right. the Colts and then the Broncos. I think that was even better for the NFL, and I think now with a couple of years, we're kind of looking back and saying, well, Peyton Manning's last season with the Broncos was maybe the high point of the NFL, and we haven't quite seen anything that draws interest the way that Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady draws. Um, but but generally speaking, I think it's good for the NFL to have a great team like that. I'm going to get you out of here with this. Who's who's going to win the Super Bowl? You know, I like the Patriots. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a fairly close game. I can't guarantee as close as last year or as exciting as last year, but I, I do think the Patriots are going to pull it out. Uh, I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to get their sixth Super Bowl ring, and that's an extraordinary accomplishment. And uh, the Eagles have been a very good team all year round, but I, I think they're just going to fall a little bit short. So um, so basically, if, if your prediction comes to pass, uh, fair to assume that the uh, that the, the next two weeks of a post-Super Bowl narrative uh, would be uh, – you know, uh, some kind of goat coverage, uh, both for, for uh, Brady and Belichick? Yeah, I think so. I mean, six Super Bowl rings, there's no one else uh, a head coach with more than four. So I think it gets harder and harder to argue against them. This has, you know, I, re- I think really been uh, the, the, the most impressive dynasty. Maybe if you want to have an argument, you could argue, well, is it really Belichick and not Brady, or is it really Brady right. and not Belichick? Could they? Have, could either of them have been as good without the other? But uh, I think if win this one and get their sixth, it would be hard to argue against them as uh, the best the, the best team we've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, I I agree. So Michael, I, I hope you stay warm and enjoy the uh, the rest of the Super Bowl week in uh, in Bloomington and in Minneapolis. Okay, thanks, Robert. Good talking to you. Thanks again to Michael David Smith for joining the podcast and for being awake very early. I really enjoyed talking to him. You can find Michael on Twitter via at Michael D-A-V Smith. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-A-V-S-M-I-T-H. And uh, I really highly recommend following him. Recent episodes of the podcast include executives from NBC Sports, Turner Sports, and ESPN. And that's Rick Cordella, Albert Scooter Vertino, and Burke Magnus, respectively. And uh, you can find those and all the other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, RSS, and SportsTVRatings.com. Thanks for listening.